Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Muslim in the Room podcast. Your host, Asma Hussein, Iman Ahmed, and Zainab Zafar are three Canadian Muslim women. Every week, they will discuss issues that are relevant to the celebration, growth, and empowerment of Muslim women in the West. They will confront some of the social issues affecting us through thought-provoking topics. We would love for you to join us. You can do that by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. But for now, join us and let's get into today's episode. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Welcome to Muslim in the Room. Today, we will be talking about the empowered choices and the reasoning behind the empowered choices that we make. We all know life is full of choices. And as we move out of our childhood into adulthood, we experience more and more of the choices that we make and the consequences that we have to see forthcoming. Sometimes we end up making choices that are risky. Sometimes we end up having terrible things that happen due to the choices that we make. But today we want to actually delve deeper into why do we make certain choices, the empowered choices that we make, and how do they influence our life and what makes us satisfied with certain choices that we make. So I'm really excited today to introduce our two guest speakers, Rhoda Omar and Belkis Quick. And as you guys know, they're also a podcaster. They have a podcast that is called the Coffee with Cream podcast. And I'm going to give the mic to them to talk about their podcast and also to introduce themselves. Rhoda? Thank you so much for having us, guys. Thank you for collaborating with us. It was such a fun thing, an idea to do that Zaina brought up and Iman suggested as well. And alhamdulillah, we're happy to be here. Coffee with Cream podcast is just a conversation that Bilkis and I have and are passionate about. And these are our conversations that we would have in our circles. And we're kind of just putting that out there as friends. We talk about womanhood, sisterhood, being mothers, our spirituality, and just our journey as we continue, you know, our lives. So it's just a fun-filled podcast. Anyone who wants to check it out, we have an Instagram page and our Facebook page. So you can actually follow the link in our bios and it'll take you to the links wherever you want to listen to it. I don't know if Bookies has something else to add, but that's us. That was pretty good, Rhoda. That was amazing. And can I just say as a fan and a loyal listener of Coffee with Cream podcast, I the conversations you have in that podcast is so necessary and so deep. <laughs> like I have to pause and be like, hold on, let me think about it. <laughs> and then I go back. I'm like, oh my God, yes. SubhanAllah, you guys have to check out their podcast, mashallah. I feel like I'm in the room with you guys just having a conversation, like a typical conversation where we're getting yeah. deep, we're reflecting. And I feel like that those are the kind of conversations we need in our lives as women, to be honest. Yeah. Well, that's what we were going for. So that's great. Absolutely. And I, I agree with that. Honestly, the conversations are so deep and really, really refreshing to listen to. So thank you to both of you. So let's uh, get into our topic. So what do you guys feel about this entire idea of making empowered choices? How do you feel about that? And what do you think drives us to make these choices? I think it's basically a lifelong development, making empowered choices. So not everyone gets or has the ability to make these kind of choices that are empowered and good for them when they're younger. Their environment, their childhood, the way they grew up kind of hinders that a lot sometimes. So not everyone has that opportunity. So as they're getting older, that's when it's good for you to be able to take charge of that and develop 
a way to make good choices for yourself. But obviously we know it's very, very important, especially to women, really, that we get to a point where our choices are benefiting our lives for the most part and not hindering us or holding us back from anything. When I think of choices, I think two things come to mind. I think uh, one is the choices that you make for yourself that impact you, but also choices that also uh, may impact others. And I feel like no matter what choice we make, even on an individual level, it's going to affect someone or the other. And then those are the same choices that then, you know, obviously build societies and civilizations and nations. And we all see how certain choices from our past, our histories, our ancestors has affected our present right now. So when I think of choices, I think of, okay, on an individual level, where do I base my choices from? Where do I go to like make a choice? Where does it lead me? Or where does it take my inner thoughts or my inner inhibitions? So when I think of choices, I think of making empowered choices is a choice that you can make for yourself, knowing the impact that it might have on others as well. So whether we are role models, whether we're leaders, whether we're just ourselves or just thinking for our future or our abilities, I just think that choices are so important. And then to make empowered choices, you have to dig really deep. And it's something that's true. Like Doki said, it's a muscle that you kind of practice and you get better at. And you see for yourself where it leads to, where it connects with others and where it shows itself in a few years or in the future where and how and why you made the choices that you made. And you may either see it as a mistake at some point, or you may have seen it as something wise that you did. But I do think that choices come from two places. And I think when I imagine or just try to bring to myself to think, where did my choices come from from as a young person? It would be from a place of self-security and like self-love and self-care. Self-love is such a new word, but I think self-care, like that, I feel like I made a lot of choices because I needed, I wanted to protect myself and I wanted the best for myself. And that then had to be translated to, okay, are my choices now affecting others? So when Zainab and I were discussing this topic, uh, or I went, when I suggested this to Zainab, she was like, you know, this is a great topic. It was something that I knew that all of us go through this as women. And I think it evolves as well as we grow and become mothers and leaders in our own right or, you know, elder sisters. I feel like we've all mothered someone or or another in our lives. So I feel like that then just kind of made it more empowering and why we become so responsible for our choices as women. You you guys don't have to stop me. No, no, this is great. Um, And Iman, if you want to add in something, please go ahead. But I just, you know, as you were speaking, I, I was thinking about, okay, Sometimes we make certain choices, right? And we think we're making the empowered choice, but then we go back and say, oh shoot, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't make this choice. (laughs) So how do you know if we're making an empowered choice versus a choice that actually might not lead us to the desired result that we want? I guess what I'm trying to get at is getting to know yourself deeper, to know what this empowered choice means to you. Because a lot of times we we feel otherwise, right? Like we will make a choice where we're like, well, I'm not sure if this is the right choice. After doing this, after doing everything, after being satisfied, and then you start to doubt. And that is such a struggle that I hear people also going through too sometimes. What do you both think of that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's like what you just mentioned, the fact that being able to know yourself. And so that's really the, the beginning of making any choices or making good choices is knowing yourself. So it leads into the fact that when you know yourself, then you can feel gut reactions. You have the feeling in your gut. So there's that gut feeling that we're all not tapped into. And a lot of the times it's because we don't know what we really like or dislike or what we want for ourselves. So without that gut feeling, 
then it's easy to start doubting what you've decided to do or, you know, like just let Shaitan come in there and whisper something, even though you've made a safara and you, you're getting the signs, you're not tapped into yourself. So you can't just let it flow. Whatever decision you've made play out. And then also to know that we're human beings. So not every decision we're making is going to be necessarily perfectly aligned to what, what should happen. There's also Allah's will. So you're in certain circumstances because you need to be tested. You need to get through a struggle. You need to learn from it. So looking back at your, your choices, maybe you'd make a different choice the next time. But all of it was like a learning lesson, right? So I think people have to just look at their life as a full, all-encompassing thing where you're continuously learning and growing and trying to do the best that you can because, of course, our end goal is Jenna, right? So just keeping that in mind and knowing that you're a human being and you are going to make mistakes, you're, you are going to have poor judgment at some point. And if you try to keep that connection with yourself and, of course, with Allah, through your Issachara, then inshallah, you, you won't make as many bad choices. But I think there's a lot of pressure that's being put on women to like have always make the perfect choice. And of course, there's consequences too, right? Like for women, I think a little bit, what do you want it? Like defined consequences or the impact is more real, basically, right? So choices that she makes impact her deeper, I think. Therefore, there's more pressure on her to make the right choice. And then also too, if she's a mother, then making the choice for her child or, you know, those kind of things, right? We have a lot of extensions to us, basically. And so our choices seem to be heavier and seem to be impactful. With that, yeah, there's a lot of pressure. And then, you know, today's society, the way women are made to feel that they can do anything all at the same time. And to choose correctly so that she aligns her life up to be perfect, right? And then other people are looking at her and all that. It's like this whole pressure that is put on her. Yeah. It's a tricky thing. It's it's really a tricky thing for but women. You said something super, uh, very interesting to me. You said when we tap into our gut feeling. And I feel like nowadays I kind of understand what that means. Whereas before I didn't really understand this whole sixth sense thing women have. What is this gut feeling everyone's talking mm -hmm. about? <laughs> and like you said, I feel like the more you get to know yourself and you become more in tune with yourself, the more clear it is to you. But the question I have for you is when do we know, and I struggle with this myself, is how do we know if I'm responding to my gut feelings or if I'm responding to my comfort zone? How can I tell the difference? Usually this is where I get stuck. Like, for example, let's say um, I'm about to do something that's really outside of my comfort zone. So my gut feeling or as I'm understanding it is telling me, oh, my God, don't do that. That's scary. <laughs> that's a no. Like, don't go near that. That's a, you know, um, a red flag. Don't go. But then I don't know. I'm like, OK, is that my gut feeling telling me this or is it just because I'm comfortable where I am and you know, the idea of stepping outside of my comfort zone is scaring me. I think when you, the difference between yes, your intuition and your, <laughs> um, you know, your comfort zone speaking to you is that you've probably had many signals, I feel. Like when I'm stepping out of my comfort zone is when my comfort zone isn't sick of me and it, it's actually at pushing me out of it as well. So I think intuition and comfort zone is their opposites to one another. So I think when something carries desire and passion with it, that's your intuition saying, 
do this because if you don't do it, you might lose something or there's some sort of a loss, either whether it's experience, whether it's an opportunity, whether it's even just, you know, finding a new version of yourself or a new part of you or a new strength of yours within the choice you're about to make. I think intuition is very clear where there's a hint of fear in there and you're actually also kind of encouraged and it, it gives you this courage to go forth. Whereas comfort zone will really be more protective and like, you know, it doesn't want you to experience what you're about to experience. But I always base it on if something has come to me more than twice, then this is definitely like a jump or a leap of faith that I need to make. So Yes, maybe for the first time, I might not jump on it. Maybe it was, unless it was a passion that I've always been waiting to push for. And my intuition says, go for it. But then there's that tiny bit of hint of fear. That fear is what you actually need to go towards. Because as you go towards the fear, your passion or your your comfort zone itself will also give you reasons as to why you need to take that or make that choice or take that path. But I think intuition is very clear in when it's speaking to you. And I think the more you, I don't know, just like shift or erase or remove distractions from your life and from what you're about what you want to achieve the more distractions you remove the more clear your intuition speaks to you and it can also sense the fear and it'll actually enjoy the fear there's like a excitement with that fear so i don't know that's how i was able to differentiate when i'm just making choices that are just my comfort zone where i know that i'm going to be so great at it that there will be no growth in it like there'll be nothing new that i'm learning whereas my intuition will always push me towards a bit of fear but also all this like new person or new strengths that i yet have to discover so and comfort zone trying to figure out why that is comfortable for you because sometimes you know the comfort zone is holding you back and detrimental so in a part of getting to know yourself you will realize that you're going to have to get out of that comfort zone and like figure out why you feel comfortable there. Like, what are you afraid of? Like Rhoda's saying, like, what, what are the fears that are causing you to stay there and hold yourself back? Or even making you indecisive, right? A lot of times that's what comes along with it. You're not able to make any decision. Forget about a poor decision. Like you just can't make a, a decision. You sit there and you kind of wallow in it or bide the time. Hopefully you're hoping someone else will make a decision for you. Basically sitting on the sidelines of your life because you're uncomfortable. Or because whatever state that you're in is making you feel like a sense of false security. So then you just like, oh, I'm not going to make a choice. I'm just going to see what's happening. But not realizing in not making a choice, you're making a choice. So, you know, like you're, you're making a decision by not making a decision. Wow. It's wow. That so makes sense. sense. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you spoke about fear, right? And then you said, if we get a little closer to our fear and towards the intuition that is guiding us to making that certain decision that we want to make, we're away from our comfort zone. We can still be fearful if we're in our comfort zone. Are we? Maybe fear is not the right word. Maybe it's pain. Like we can still be in this pain, but that pain is like kind of drowning us and there's toxic fear. You know, there's toxic fear where it actually paralyzes you, right? There's fear that's going to paralyze you. It's going to make you think of 50 different scenarios where you, why you shouldn't do it and who's going to be affected. And oh my God, who's going to support you? And people understand this choice that you're making. And will your parents understand? Would your, will your spouse understand? Will my kids understand why I'm now being this person that I want to be or take the, make the choices that I want to make? So I think there's toxic fear and that's just fear that completely paralyzes you and your choices where it keeps you in this loop of just overthinking and over processing and over analyzing but then the intuition is the one that's actually quite clear 
I really believe as women, we're already very careful human beings, especially after making our choices in our young years, we become very critical and analytical human beings. And especially in your wiser years or your experienced years, I would say, the choices that are coming at you, they come with a baggage that's ready to kind of also take on you know, new challenges. So you're ready for something new to come. And that's when your intuition is screaming at you to go for it. You might not have all the answers. You might not have all the choices drawn out. You might not have your support group all in, but you know that you have to do it. And there's that kind of fear of the unknown. There's fear of the unknown. And then there's toxic fear that just completely doesn't want you to discover or explore at all. So I think like, you know, the difference when you're stuck in a rut and you're stuck in a place where you are not able to even weigh the options or weigh either weigh out the choices. So I think like the difference is there's toxic fear that carries this paralyzing phase of you or, you know, version of you. And then there's fear where you're like, I'm going to go and be the gladiator that I need to be in this moment. I should try this new laundry detergent. So <laughs> I'm going from powder to liquid, you know? <laughs> take it but whatever empowers you <laughs> oh my god no but I think what you said there about the fact of your intuition which is like the sophisticated word for gut right <laughs> <laughs> thanks for pro- that thanks for putting the sophistication Don't in there. Hate. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so it really is the empowered choice and the empowered decision-making is listening to your intuition. That's how you make empowered decisions, right? And empowered choices. It's literally listening to intuition, which is connected to your dua, your istifada, like Allah will reveal to you through your intuition and your gut, what decisions that needs to be made. And again, whatever you do make, it might not necessarily come out to be as perfect or, or what you had imagined it to the end result to be. But in all of that is your life trials and your life tests and your learning lessons and your development. And yeah, so if you look at it, like it's rolling through life, like the journey you're rolling through. I'm going to think of a word for that for rolling yeah. through life. Watch. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Sophisticated today, Roda. Um, speaking of istikhara, um, I feel like as a society in the Muslim community, I think quite recently we started to have a better understanding of what istikhara is. I remember in the beginning, I used to think you pray istikhara and you wait to have a dream or you wait, you know, for a signal to happen. So and then then that's the direction you go. And I remember uh, when I first became a mom. I had analysis paralysis when it came to vaccinations and vaccinating my kids. I was like, oh my God, there's too much information out there. I was overwhelmed. I read all the books. I listened to all the documentaries that I can. And I still couldn't make a decision. And I remember calling my mom and I'm saying, mom, like, I don't know what to do. I am so confused. The more research I did, the more confused I got. Because hi, like, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> and I'm not in a you know, medical school. (laughs) So I remember just calling her frantically saying, Mama, I don't know what to do. SubhanAllah. Like, yes, I prayed istikhara and I did all the research and I still can't make a decision. And that's when she corrected me. And she's like, this is not how you do istikhara. You do the research, right? You educate yourself. You make an educated decision based on what you know. What you don't know, you don't know. You You can't make a decision based off of that. So 
She's like, make a decision based on what you've learned and what you feel comfortable with. Then pray istikhara and say bismillah and go with that decision. Unless you mm-hmm. have a gut feeling that's telling you otherwise at that point. And that's when I was like, oh, so that's how you do istikhara. It's not the other way around. <laughs> All right. And I, for the longest time, I felt like istikhara is supposed to give you that revelation, right? That subhanAllah, this is the decision you should make. Um, so I'm glad that you touched upon that. But how do we get out of analysis paralysis? Because when it comes to getting out of your comfort zone and listening to your intuition, you sometimes can get stuck there. Do you guys have any strategies or some ideas on how we can pick ourselves out of there? I think going back to the Issachara part, I think the part of that da'a, whatever that we were making, that got me straightened out in my mind when yes. I'm making it, is the fact that you're asking Allah to help you make the decision based on whether it's good for you, right? Like, so it's good for your livelihood, it's good for your health, it's good for your, you know what I mean? And then if it's not good, then to remove it and take it away, right? So it's almost like, because you're asking that, it's even more clear than just saying, help me figure this out. There's the, the second part where if it's not good, it's going to be gone. So you're just aware more of what's happening around you. And many times things are being taken from you because of what you've asked you know, for the decision, like your isakara, and you don't even realize that, okay, it's being removed because Allah is answering your dua, yeah. like that's not for you. So it's going somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So, or then he makes it easy for you. So imagine like with the, your kids in immunization. So somehow you get some information or something that's showing something positive or whatever, or, you know, you get connected to a doctor who explains it to you a little bit more, something is making you comfortable to be able to vaccinate your kids. Then, okay, that's like a leading thing or then the opposite way as well. So that really helped me. But the analyzing, I think that only really stops with you and the reliance that you have on Allah. Like, I mean, straight up, I'm an analyzer. I analyze things wow. to death. Okay. <laughs> and maybe I should say I used to analyze things to death. Now I just kind of analyze things. <laughs> but I, I had to really come to terms with the fact of I was doing that because I didn't have the reliance. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't trust that Allah would be helping me make the decision. And like, so my dua was like, oh Allah, like open my eyes to your clarity. Yeah. Like clear my eyes so I can see what you're trying to show me. So that I don't have to overanalyze the thing because we are trying to analyze yeah. it with our human mind, which of course, yeah. you know, we're I human. Mean, I, say, so. I say name it. Name your right? name. Name the thing that's uh, causing mm. this overanalyzing. Right? Name the fear. Name the thought process. So if it's, if it's people, if it's events, it is, if it's the phase in, in life that you're in at the moment, if it's the lack of support, like, you know, give it a name, give it a face. Like, what is it that's making you overthink these things? Because sometimes we just think that, oh, I'll know, I'll know when it's the right time. And alhamdulillah, if you, that's great, then you just need to now remove a bunch of distractions out of your life. People also kind of use experience, like, you know, past experiences to be become the one thing that kind of helps them move through decisions or move through choices is because you've had experience with something. You can pull that experience and now make, you know, decisions with it because you've already experienced something either good or bad or iffy or something that was not necessarily to your benefit. 
So you kind of think that you know a lot. And I think this is where istikhara and reliance on Allah comes in, that our experiences and our research and our feelings and our intuition is limited at the end of the day. And I think this is why faith and spirituality matter so much. This is why your self-care and self-love and self-knowledge matter so much, because you can actually use that to name, you know, the things that are that, that you're overanalyzing. And I think it's always coming from either people or events or experience that you had that's causing this. So I think like the more you name these things that are hindering you or they're becoming basically your kryptonite every time you try to do something outside of your comfort zone, which I do believe as women, we do this a lot. So our muscles at work a lot more than men. They're not as critical as we are. So I feel like we're already doing this as sisters and daughters and, you know, and wives and mothers and teachers and educators. So I feel like that muscle is there. But I think the harder part is that we're not able to recognize who and what uh, the distractions in our lives. So I think when you when you remove distractions and you're clear as to who you need to be in, your life is forcing you to be with yourself and be with your choices and be with your decisions. Um, you get better at now seeing things and, you know, and letting your intuition really guide you. But I think like istikhara is an emotional, an emotion-based uh, tool that Allah gives us that is actually feeding your intuition further. You know, it's actually not, you say these words and you make those choices or even you even pray the two rakahs and you make that dua. These are just words that are then inspired and they're words that Allah kind of put together for us to kind of say that would emote something in us, right? So it's again, it's going back to your intuition. It's feeding your intuition again. So how do you get clear within your intuition and within your gut feeling is you actually have to keep clearing things out to get, to dig deeper within yourself. And I think the, the better you get at that, you're just making choices now that are, yes, empowered, clear, easier to make, don't have you know drama linked to it, don't have your trauma linked to it. It doesn't have other people and their pain linked to it, right? So I, like I mentioned in the beginning, choices affect not only us, but everything that we touch and are connected to. So on a larger scale, you're also actually asking Allah to make your choice and your decision to be something that is fruitful and beneficial for anyone and everyone that will come in, you know, in contact with you or that you affect in life, right? So I think that's all. Istikhara is just another thing that feeds our intuition. I think if we look at it that way, instead of this thing that that's more performative, it would be better. And I think it's just, again, it's something that you get better at. And that's what really stops you from analyzing too much. Because you're really not relying on yourself. You're relying on Allah and something bigger than you. Wow. I should write a book. Again, you both <laughs> left me blank. Uh, you definitely should write a book. I need to. Um, I need to. <laughs> wow. That you have mentioned. Like, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. But what really touched me is that removing that fog from the intuition. And I think you mentioned like removing all these distractions. Because like that fog that is around us, that is not letting us see clearly. I know Sister Bilkis mentioned the uh, idea of asking Allah subhanahu wa or making dua for basira, like to have clear vision, a clear insight into what, how we want to move forward with the decision. And I think like, subhanAllah, like we do have ways in Islam that helps us to develop that, right? Trusting Allah subhanahu wa doing ibadah, doing istighfar, you know, because we also know sins sometimes fog us, right? From seeing clearly. So subhanAllah, like you've mentioned so much, and I think now like empowered choices, there's so much to it than just making that decision. It's like being in touch with yourself, speaking to Allah subhanahu wa relying on Allah subhanahu wa So thank you so much for for such a powerful short session. But if you have anything else to add, 
please go ahead. I am so <laughs> amazed. Honestly, like I'm blank. I don't, I actually have to make notes of all what you have, both of uh, both of you have said. Do you have any concluding remarks to make before we conclude? I would like to. Um talk about something that I feel like impacts us as women a lot, which is people pleasing, right? So empowered choices, like you said, Roda, based on pleasing the people you love. And so I know it took me a long time to even distinguish between the two. You know, it took me a while to understand, wait, uh, am I making this decision for you or for me? (laughs) Like, I don't even know. (laughs) It's such a fine line, especially, I feel like the way you grew up, and the way your family made choices and decisions impacts the way you make a decision as an adult later on. Uh, I can tell you being the youngest of eight, we're always making decisions for me. So very rarely was I in a position where I had to make a choice for myself. And so when I grew up and I became a young adult, choice making was yeah. extremely <clears throat> overwhelming. It was like, I don't even know how to make a choice. Like, what do you... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It took me a long time to rediscover myself, to see what I like, what I disliked. And okay, well, this is how you make a choice. And like you said, it's it's a skill that you need to learn. And I feel like now that we're parents, now that I'm a parent, I'm very careful with this to not always give my kids choice, like make my the choices for my kids. And I always try to give them the platform to make their own choices so that they can start practicing their skill from now. So And I know a lot of us women have this issue, right? Because whether it's our husbands, our parents, our sisters, how can we distinguish between the two? And how can we become better at making empowered choices for ourselves? I mean, it comes back down to the intuition. So the intuition and the gut feeling, it's coming from you, right? That's your intuition. That's your gut. So as long as you are feeling what you are feeling, that should be the decision that you make. That should be the guide that you should make. So if you're feeling something else and someone else is telling you to do another thing, then that would be an example of other people making choices for you. And especially like as adults, we can, once we tap into ourselves, we can kind of tell, okay, how do I feel about this? Am I comfortable with this decision? Because at the end of the day, these kind of decisions we're talking about are going to affect you personally, right? It's going to affect your own life and not anyone else's, regardless of who they are, you know, their, your parents, your spouse, whatever. If you're making this decision, it's going to impact you. And that's one of the things that women do is we, not necessarily that it's a bad thing that take other people's feelings and thoughts into consideration, but I think we do it way too much. And then at the end of the day, we realize that we have sacrificed so much of ourselves for other people and have not thought of ourselves in whatever decisions we've made or paths that we've gone down. And of course, that impacts you as a woman, whether or not you want to feel it or not, because many women are going without feeling it at all, right? (laughs) Like they're just like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But they're really not fine. But a lot of those kind of circumstances come from other people making decisions for you and guiding your life in a way that that's not what you want. And it's not even like a good or a bad thing. It's what do you as an individual want for yourself? What do you want, what environment you want to live in? Like it it goes down to the basics, but it's you being a part of the choice. And even if you're collaborating with your spouse or, you know what I mean? It's a, a discussion, but as long as you put your voice into it and you're a part of the decision making, then that's more of a comfortable situation. But a lot of the times we're not. 
as women, we kind of put ourselves back, but really it's just like at the end of the day, it's tapping into yourself and knowing how you feel about things. And that's, that's the most important thing. That's, that's like growing older, you know, when you're 40, <laughs> I think that's when it starts. <laughs> Some people have been working really hard. It's yeah. like 35. Yeah, yeah. I fully there. believe like my twenties were so different than <laughs> right, my thirties. And as much as I, you know, like to say that I made such amazing choices in my twenties, it's honestly because I was a middle child and I saw the mistakes my older ones made. And I was really, really careful and empowered by being a good role, role model for my younger siblings. And then that translated to, oh, they don't need me. So I was that sister Iman who would make choices for you, you know, <laughs> decisions for you. So as I saw, you know, the wisdom in my, my siblings, my younger siblings, you know, becoming who the people that they're becoming and them carrying their own wisdom within them and their own choices and mistakes with, with them. That's when really, like, I think self-reflection came into being. I think when everyone else leaves you and, you know, let's takes charge of their life and they're really telling you, do you and we're good. That's what I really looked within. And you're right. Like it was my thirties where I was like, okay, so who do I make choices for? Who am I deciding for? And it became about like myself and I had to allow now make decisions for myself. And this is where the whole burden of choice are who's affected by it. Who am I making it for? Why am I making it? And I'm like, no matter what choice I make, if it's a choice that I'm content and happy with, made this choice with just goodness in mind and had enough information and enough uh, guidance to make that and seek guidance and seek proper counsel and seek good counsel and advice. I think then I just started trusting my choices and my decisions. And that's what empowered choice is. And an empowered choice doesn't have repercussions that later on you're going to like feel bad about. So I remember Zainab mentioning in the beginning, like, what about those choices that we make and we think, oh my God, should have done better, could have done better. I think Empowered choices don't take you down that path. They take you down the path of like, this was so good. I cannot believe I did that. Okay, inshallah, I'll make it better next time or it'll go better. This, you know, now that I know this, I can make the next better choice. Like once you know better, you do better. So uh, Maya Angelou right there, the only quote I've ever memorized. But, you know, that is what it is. You know better than you do better. And I think that's how empowered choice continue to like carry you through your life. And you're not really necessarily worried about was it the wrong choice or the bad choice? You you would even know how to apologize if you make hurt someone. You'll know to be, you know, forgiving if someone hurt you. It'll just take you down this path of like just goodness, going back and forth with whoever and when, whatever you're making the choices for. Alhamdulillah. That's very empowering. Honestly, this was such a learning experience for me. Like, you know, hearing your insight and understanding like, uh, like how you make the choices and how you have to be in touch with yourself. Jazakumullah khairan for um, this beautiful and insightful discussion. I think I'm once this is uploaded, I'm going to go back and Me listen too. again. <laughs> I think every time I'm stuck making a decision, I'm going to turn this on and I'm getting it back. You guys are so kind. You guys are so kind to us. Jazakumullah khairan, honestly. This is an Thank you. You guys are good for our souls. Please, please keep doing what you're doing. You guys our society too. desperately Desperately need this. Thank you guys. Um, Alhamdulillah. And we will love to have you again on our We're going to have you guys on our Um, podcast first, okay? Our season three for sure. We would love to have you guys over. Yeah. Kelly, inshallah. And hopefully next time we can have Esma join us as well. Unfortunately, she couldn't join us this time. Yes. Um, Yeah. So Jazakumullah Khairan. Please check out Coffee with Cream podcast. You guys are on all platforms, of course, as I remember. And so make sure you check out their Instagram page as well. And if you do, let them know if you heard this episode. Until next time, inshallah. Jazakallah khairan for listening. Assalamu alaikum.
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We would love to hear your thoughts, so be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tell us what you think. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And to connect with us a little bit more, join us over at Instagram at the handle The Muslim in the Room. Tune in next week for another thought-provoking, or who knows, maybe even a little controversial episode. Until then, take care and assalamu alaikum.